Welcome to the Westland Free Methodist Church podcast, where we're uniting with Jesus to restore lives to joy-filled wholeness. If this is your first time to join us or your 10th time, we're glad to have you. If you believe in Jesus or you don't, we're excited you're joining us. If you're living into joy-filled wholeness or you're not, this is the place for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, and Merry Christmas, a little late. If you are joining us for the first time, uh, this is going to be a little different. Uh, we, because of the holidays, didn't get a chance to necessarily interview anyone about their testimonies and stuff for this particular week. But what we do have are written stories from numerous people, more than seven different people in our congregation uh, that they agreed to share. They did not specify if they we were allowed to share those just um, in our local congregation. We forgot to ask that if we're being completely transparent. So I'm not going to share the names, but these are true stories from people uh, in our congregation, in our community of faith, uh, how Jesus has moved in their life. So that's one of, one of the things we're going to do today. If, if your first or your hundredth time listening, you know uh, we usually have a weekly word or uh, a mobilizing moment where we hear how others are being mobilized for the mission. So we'll share some of these testimony, get a little weekly word sitting in John 12 together for a moment, and then have a little tool for transformation uh, and hopefully for mobilizing you for the mission of Jesus has for all of us. So I'm going to start with some of these stories. One of some of my favorite encouraging things, uh, I've got them written down here in my phone. So uh, I'm not looking at my phone for text message or something. If you're watching, I'm looking to read some of these different stories. Uh, one of the stories someone said was, Our time with Edificando Vidas was incredible. I want to pause for a moment. If you don't know what Edificando Vidas is, it is a church body of Christ that we're in a kingdom collaboration together with. We're partnering with them. Uh, and they are primarily Spanish-speaking, uh, dual-language service and small groups. And We realize there's a lot of people who uh, speak Spanish in our communities, and we don't have many in our actual uh, local body of Christ, but we can partner with this group from Detroit, and they come in regularly and, and uh, to reach our neighbors uh, who we don't know their language or don't speak it. <clears throat> so this person is referring to our partnership with them. Toward the end of the gathering, a young person showed up who was hungry and needed a ride. Someone begrudgingly, somewhat begrudgingly, I agreed to give him a ride. <clears throat> Our time quickly turned into a Jesus conversation where I could share the hope of Jesus with him and pray over him. Uh, I don't know how he responded, but I drove home grateful for Jesus giving me the opportunity. Oh man, what a story. And this is person not looking necessarily to share the gospel, right? This is a person who knows they've been changed, and in everyday life, God's going to drop opportunities in your in your uh, purview. And are you keeping your eyes open to see? It's a very practical, simple tool. It's what Jesus did, and this person did that. And so we celebrate with them and encourage you to also ask Jesus, is there anyone around, that, around that's, you know, is looking for a ride, a warm meal, maybe if I actually be that person, the opportunity to present itself to share about what Jesus means to me and the hope I have in him and what he wants to do for them and how he loves them. 
just some practical things there based on that story. The next one, <clears throat> someone is saying we're, they've prayed for the sick and God has healed a partial stroke. Um, they're standing up to walk in less than a month after being discharged from the hospital. Just incredible story of healing. And they're celebrating Jesus' healing power. He still heals today, brothers and sisters. Hope you know that to be true. Um, nowhere in the Bible does it say he stops healing. The Spirit stops moving through us in any same way he did the first few centuries. He's still moving around the world in miraculous ways like this. <laughs> this person says, I started a small online group for supporting each other who have lost loved ones. Someone who is sick and in need of prayer, and all our local people who live or lived in Wayne or nearby. Uh, I try to follow up with specific prayer requests, and a lot has happened through the Lord in this. Look at that. It's not an organized church thing. It's not something that's clearly articulated in Scripture. It's somebody seeing a need and say, Jesus, how can I meet that need and be present and use some of my story to interact with others? An online group, and all of a sudden opportunities present themselves. Um, beautiful. Another practical tool for you. What does some of my story look like as it could intersect with the world as Jesus is desiring me? Maybe it's an online group. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's an in-person group. Maybe it's a meetup. If you've never heard of meetup, it's an app and you can create a meetup around any number of things and you reach a different group of people, maybe with your story or who are going through similar things. This person says, In life I always judged others. Not trying to be mean or rude, just judging them. As life came, everything I have judged someone for has come back to me. Now, through the Lord, I'm able to be understanding and loving and see what the journey each person has been through. There's part of the maturing process of following Jesus itself. Uh, beautiful gift. As you follow him more, you start to judge less of many things and see people more the way God sees them. This one says, leaning more fully into dependence on God. I'm saving notes of my growth to help others in the future. Um, I don't always have the answers, but I give it to God and he leads me. He upholds me and nurtures me through pain. Hmm. The God who's with us in our suffering and junk. And one more on here. And we'll, every few months, if people send these in, we'll gladly share these. This person says, I feel more and more a lightness of being and peace, happiness, despite my trials. I refer to it as a bubbling fountain inside when I focus on the Lord, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. One thing that helps is, is instead of being depressed when I wake to face another day, I reverse my perspective and claim joyfully I'm one day closer to experiencing the fullness of heaven. Someone who's becoming more and more light and peace-filled in a dark world. Maybe you need that today. <clears throat> Jesus offers that. And what a gift that he does. I want to take a minute now and do a little weekly word thing and out of John chapter 12. And in this passage, Jesus has just 
entered Jerusalem. He's right near the end of his earthly ministry. He's going to be arrested later this week in the, the storyline of the text. And right after he's enter, entered at the Palm Sunday, he comes in and on a donkey and there's people waving palms and clothes and all this stuff, right? <clears throat> after that's happened, it says this in verses 20 and following. Now among those who went to worship at the feast were some Greeks. These came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered this. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loses his life loses it. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Let me stop there for a moment. So this story sets itself up with some Greeks approaching Jesus, some non-Jewish people approaching Jesus. But they don't even approach him directly. They go to one of his disciples, who also doesn't approach him directly. <laughs> they tell to Philip, and then Philip goes to Andrew. And then Andrew takes him to Jesus. There's a lot of unique stuff in this passage. One of the things is just an awareness of maybe sometimes you and I are meant to be the Philip or the Andrews in people's lives. Not always, but sometimes we're meant to be the people who connect others to Jesus. Or maybe we're the Philip who says, hey, this is out of what I'm comfortable with or what's on my heart, but I think Jesus has more for you. Let me connect you with this person. I've done that as a pastor and as a friend. There's times where a professional counselor is better than me. Um, there's times where someone else's experience walking with the Holy Spirit has been longer or more in certain ways than me. And I say, you know what? We need to connect with them. We see this in the book of Acts even sometimes where some of the apostles or disciples, they lead whole communities to Christ. But then Peter and or John or someone else comes later and offers a new level of things. Praying for them to be filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, whatever have you. We all have different roles, and so there may be times where you're the Philip introducing people to Andrew to help them grow in their understanding and connection to Jesus, or maybe you're the Andrew taking people to Jesus. But you all have a role in this. We have a role together in this. I've got to make sure we're functioning in that, and we're not just a passerby or standing and watching. There's an active role every one of us has in the body of Christ. Even if you're stuck at home, you're homebound, you're sick, you can be the one praying. I don't know if you've thought about this, but literally Jesus, the majority now, ever since he's ascended, you know what his major role is in Scripture? He is praying on our behalf. In the flesh, risen from the dead, 
He's praying for us. He's watching and praying. and He's not wasted. It's his body. And yet his main role is to give his spirit to us. And he is praying. So don't discount your role if maybe you're not out. Because you can't get out for some reason regularly. And press into prayer. Press into prayer for others and for us. We need it. Next thing I notice in this passage to unpack a little is right when these guys come to Jesus, he responds with a short little parable. The hour has come for me. Truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone, but it must die and it bears much fruit. Then he ties that to whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I think this is a fascinating little section. He intentionally, the Son of God, uses the language of wheat. And weak wheat, for it to bear fruit, if you will, the way the passage refers, not only must it fall to the ground, but it has to be cracked. The wheat has to be cracked for it to, broken, for it to actually bear fruit. I've been reading a book by Watchman Nee. It's called The Release of the Spirit. Very fascinating book. But it unpacks a little of this idea as well. It says, one of the things that we don't do well in the church and helping people to walk into. This is a very practical tool if you're a listener and you believe in Jesus. If you don't, man, this is for you too. You just choose to say, I believe in Jesus with my heart and mind that he rose from the dead. He died on the cross for me because he loves me. And he wants me to be a part of the family of God. Like you believe that and you're in. This is for you too, anyone who affirms that. Our body our mind, our spirit. The language of these things, when we are followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and and dwells in us. We pray daily, Spirit, fill me. Change my heart. There's three layers that Watchman Nee talks about, and they have their support in Scripture. The innermost layer of us is the spirit, our spirit. It's also where the Holy Spirit abides with us where our spirit becomes in tune and in line with the Holy Spirit, the depths of who God made us to be when we're created in the image of God, all the way back in the beginning of Genesis. And unless we invite the Holy Spirit in to change that, it's tainted now. The next layer out in this circular diagram is the soul, which he uses more of your mind, your desires, your actions, your your heart, if you will. The spirit is like an inner deep thing. The soul is a little more farther out, like the things you think. And and then the final ring is the physical body, the outermost self. He suggests, and I think this is part of what this par- parable subtly suggests as well. When the spirit comes in, to that innermost being and is changed and is making our spirit to be at one with his spirit, to know his heart fully, to have that access to him. Now, the spirit wants to begin breaking through the soul and the physical, the outermost layers, 
And that's the only way the Spirit's really going to be seen and evident to the world around us. But how do we allow Him to break our mind, our desires, our heart postures, that soul level? That's where the wheat parable comes in. Before you're really going to see that fruit, we got to let Him crack and really open in. And There's a brokenness that needs to happen. To where your desires legitimately aren't for yourself anymore. And you allow the Spirit, the Holy Spirit filling you to begin to break and crack and, and press out and make your desires more after His. Make your thoughts more after His thoughts. You know what happens when you do that and you let Him to break through? Then the Spirit is seen more in your everyday life. The image that comes to my head is one that of like a, a rubber ball that you air up with a pump. Initially, it's flat. Not, not designed the way it was intended. God says, I, I was designed to walk with you. But when you accept Jesus, it's like the Holy Spirit through that one hole has access to fill you fully. And you're full. And yeah, there's certain times where that little hole spews out the Spirit. You get little glimpses of your interactions with the Holy Spirit and, and getting to share Jesus. But you're like, that's not quite who Jesus wants me to be. And the Spirit, what the Spirit's wanting to do is say, you know what? This exterior part, the soul, your desires, your mind, I want you to invite so much more of me that the rest of that begins to crack and break. And then the ball, if you will, just explodes. And now, the Spirit's going everywhere. Right? This is not, oh, I don't know if it's in this book. I don't know. To my knowledge, it's not. It's the imagery I have of being filled with the Spirit. Is Well, the ball's full, but guess what? Those things continue to expand, and eventually you just want the Spirit to overflow in your life to where your desires are irrelevant for the most part. Unless Jesus puts it on your heart, you're like, I don't care what I wear, I don't care what I live, I don't care what I eat outside of honoring God with the food that I've been given. I just, I just care about His desires. That's what it looks like to be broken. And that's one of the nuances, I think, in Scripture. People ask, and I've heard this, and this is kind of closing out for time purposes, our weekly word out of John 12 at least, um, because this immediately following this story, right there we read it it's you know him who uh loves his life will lose it and him who hates his life i think that's part of this that your desires are not for your life anymore to hate is a strong word but what he's saying is that you don't care about your desires anymore and that's that I, that's why i think jesus uses the image of wheat is like you need to crack that shell of your desires and everything else and just let me be your desires become my desires and my heart. And then the Spirit can just have His way. Right? One of the reasons we don't see that, among others, but one of the main ones is our own self selfishness and self-love. And we justify it. I'm not calling any individual out. I've done this in seasons in my life. Well, I need my... Uh, board game card game time i need my video game time i need my decompressed time etc and you know what i'm not saying those are wrong 
there's an element of self-care. Jesus encourages self-care numerous times in the Gospels. He himself goes off to spend time and pray, to spend time by himself with the disciples not around. He understands alone time um, and, and decompressing. He even has his disciples when they're out doing ministry and come back, like, let's go along, just us. He understands the fellowship time in holy friendship and intensity away from the other things of life at times. So I'm not saying there's not a place, but don't let that reality of there's a place for self-care become an excuse for, yeah, it's okay for me to play card games for two hours a day every day or three hours of video games a day or watch TV two hours to three hours a day every day. If we're being honest, I wonder how many people spend that much intentional time with Jesus who do those things. No shame. If something's coming up on your heart right now, I have nobody in mind except myself. But the reality is that's part of that shell breaking. My desires, my, maybe my escape is watching movies or playing a game on my phone or social media. And the Lord's like, I need you to break your escape and your desires. I, feel, I want you to be just about my desires. And he'll start to show you, hey, one of his desires is for you to have healthy processing and have some decompressed time, but in the proper order. But it's an order that also allows the Holy Spirit just to go in every aspect of your life more and more. So that's our weekly word and a very practical opportunity for you and I to begin to pray into, Lord, where do I need to die to self? Where do I need to say, you know what? I'm actively spending more time doing X, Y, Z than just inviting Jesus to show me his heart in any and everything. It could be good stuff, but is it really what the Lord has? Or is it part of that selfish self-love ultimately that needs to be broken that's holy love? Well, those are a lot of uh, stories, uh, some tools for transformation mixed into those stories in a weekly word time. I hope all of these things help you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and how you can be mobilized just in everyday life to share the gospel as the opportunity presents itself for you and I to radiate Jesus. Hope everyone has a good week and we'll come back next time with uh, hopefully with a guest. Uh, I've got a few lined up. Um, see if it works with their schedules and we'll catch you back next time. Here at Westland Free Methodist Church, we are led by the Spirit, rooted in the Word, mobilized for the mission, committed to our neighbors, and bonded through holy friendship. If you have questions about Jesus or our community of faith, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to get in touch with you. For everyone else here, we reiterate the same thing that Jesus told His disciples. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, this world needs you. You are sent.